Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Proudly Imperfect podcast. Again, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for choosing us. Podcast recording three out of three this week. I'm absolutely loving being back into recording guest episodes so, so much. Today, we have the most amazing energy, honestly. She makes everything she does so joyful. I'm really, really excited for today's episode because I I do feel like she's got such a powerful real story to share and I know she won't hold back I'm really excited to get stuck into it she's someone who has seen quite a lot of challenges with her mental health from such a young age but she's not let it get in the way of creating magic for herself in like all areas so I'm I'm really really looking forward to this conversation I can't wait to hear more of a story and I know it's going to resonate and inspire with a lot of you so please please welcome business coach I didn't know whether to say events manager and this is what I want to get stuck into as well so business okay. coach Lauren it's Sota isn't it Sota Sota yeah hard yeah it's my, <laughs> my accent as well with names I'm so bad you know though it's Mancunian oh is it sorry I'm, I'm cutting you off here but my dad's <laughs> Mancunian yeah oh interesting as it where do you live now then I'm in Suffolk, but both my parents are actually, my dad's from, well, my dad's from just outside Hyde and my mum's from Salford, so. Oh, really? No way. That's it. (laughs) Well, hello anyway. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Thank you. That was a lovely intro. You can introduce me wherever I go. Um, (laughs) You do a lot better job than me as well. I'm like, introduce yourself. I don't know what to say. (laughs) But I'm good. I'm really good. Good. So first thing, so we've just been talking about it off camera, but I wanted to start the whole podcast with a huge congratulations because I'm absolutely buzzing for you. So congrats on your baby girl. Thank you. Would you would you like, I know that you was so excited anyway because of the challenges that you've had, but was part of you like hoping for a girl or hoping for a boy or was you truly not that bothered? You know what it is? If I'm, if I'm, so first of all we've had um we're not sharing it but we've had a pretty solid girl's name since day one so and we've had nothing for boys like to the point where I've read an entire book back to back and there's not a single name that I'm even like meh um so I was like that's the only thing that was stressing me out about a boy yeah the other thing if I'm being completely honest I really really didn't mind but I've always wanted a girl at some point right yeah same I'm the same I I love the relationship I have with my mom and even though my brother like gets on with my mom really well and whatever I think it's a different relationship and I feel like I would miss that and so I think had it been a boy I'd have been absolutely thrilled but I think the next one would have stressed me out more because (laughs) I would have wanted a girl if that makes sense so I feel like I can just relax now but it's really nice I really wanted to find so I'm not supposed to find out for another three weeks, but we went for an early scan because it was driving me mad. It sounds like such a silly thing. It was driving me mad calling the baby it every five seconds. Because the only like general pronoun you can use is they, and then everyone thinks you're having twins. (laughs) 
so I was like I just want a he or a she like it will yeah. just make me feel so much better and that was like my main thing but um yeah it's very weird and that I don't know if you've seen like there was a um I posted it today there's a um you've probably been asleep there's a video that I have of her like moving around and stuff and <gasps> it's just oh my god I'll go and watch it after this is it like one of, is it one of the 3d ones or is it just your no so it's still 2d but it's yeah. it's really clear so I've had quite a few scans and the um the the difference between the last like three four weeks and this is huge like you can oh. see it's quite it's quite creepy I'm not gonna lie like it's a little <laughs> bit demonic but it's you can see all of the bones in her body now and you can see her feet and her she's got really long legs and she's like moving around and she was this is disgusting by the way I'm sorry I'm gonna completely traumatize you here because we all did it <laughs> But I learned in my when I went to my ultrasound on Saturday that um the baby basically we're full of fluid and the mm. baby spends nine months drinking it and then pissing it out and then drinking it again and that's how <laughs> it and the reason I know that is because if you watch the video right at the end like the last three or four seconds you can see her literally like reaching up to try and drink like, oh really drink. no way that's, that's so it's so interesting though I mean yeah it is pretty grim that she's drinking her own piss right now but they're <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's funny I said to my mom I was like the funny thing is they come out and we're like sanitize everything and they yeah did you be pissed for, for the last nine months <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean about the girl thing, though. I've always said, like, 100% want a girl, but I only really want two kids. But then if I had two boys, I'd I'd just, I'd have to have, like, try for a third. And if that was a boy, then I'd be like, fucking hell, cut your losses. But, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think whatever you have, you then can't imagine different. Like, yeah, I think it's very common for people to want one or the other. And I think people get shamed for it. And actually, I saw it online the other day of like somebody expressed, I think it was someone in the public eye, but I didn't know who they were. And they expressed how they'd had a preference of a girl or thought it was a girl and then it wasn't. It was a boy and they were a bit disappointed and they were sharing this thing. And there were so many hate comments and I do get it. But I know so many people and so many people have like confided in even clients. Actually, I've had quite a few clients that have been pregnant that have been like, I know this is so out of order and I'm the yeah. worst mother in the world, but I'm it's really natural. upset. Like, like it's natural. it doesn't mean that you love what you get any less. It's just, you, you, it's natural to want. Cause especially, I think it's because obviously you think about it a lot before you actually have a baby. So you think about it quite young, like, oh, like, and you imagine it, what it would be like. And you can't mm-hmm. just stop what you felt all that time. As soon as you get pregnant. And obviously when the baby comes, you're happy, but like it's natural human emotion isn't it you're gonna feel how you feel about things do you know what I mean I totally agree I I do you know what's funny I think both me and Jamie kind of assumed it was going to be I know it sounds really silly but so both of us have got well I am the older sister but both of us have got like older sister younger brother and so I think we kind of just naturally assumed like obviously a girl comes first (laughs) that's just how it is I think we just because that's how we both are so I think that's where that kind of Hell as well, but I'd have been more shocked if it was a boy. But I, I would have been fine either way. I was, I was thrilled. Oh, god! Honestly, I'm so happy for you. Um, so you mentioned what we, what I normally do is I start the podcast by saying like, "How did you get here? Like, what's your story in terms of?" Because most people who have interviewed are like either like doing amazing things or got their own businesses, but. With with this conversation today, especially at the start, I want to steer the conversation like 
not away from business, but just more about you. Mm -hmm. Because I think I think your story is honestly amazing. I'm not just saying it because obviously when we did the podcast on yours, we we kind of got into you know your challenges and everything like that. And I just think it's really powerful to share. And I know you won't hold back. So in terms of like your story around anxiety, because I know you just mentioned there as well, the pregnant kind of triggered that. And I remember the last time we spoke and you said something like, um, and obviously we'll get into this after you've explained your story so people kind of know the context, but what was it? You said something like, it's almost like I'm waiting for the next thing. Mm. it's been it's been a while since I felt that that anxiety and it's like oh yeah almost in, in in anticipation of something popping up obviously this is a really amazing reason to be anxious this time around so it's like best of both but I want you to just share from as early as you can your story with anxiety and you sh- the strength that you found through it through that story I think the first time that I, I don't even, I'm not even going to say I remember feeling anxiety, but the first time I'm aware that I felt anxiety right. yeah, was when I was seven. But my mum will tell you that I was always anxious, mm. like pretty much from day dot. I don't really remember much, but weirdly, I don't remember my childhood at all. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> Nothing yeah. massively happened, especially before then, but I don't really remember it. Um, but when I was seven, I started like wetting myself at school, like every single day. Mm. And I thought I there was like a medical, like a physical problem. Do you remember that? Mm, I do. Yeah. But I don't remember feeling anxious. I just right. remember I have this like problem and it needs to be fixed kind of like from literally from like a logical perspective. Yeah. And so we went to the doctors a few times and. I mean, I don't remember it in detail, but I do remember going for an ultrasound um, and for them to like check basically everything. So I was like, basically, I don't need to go to the toilet. And all of a sudden I need to go to the toilet. Like it was right. kind of that. And I was, I so, was it wasn't, so you don't think you was wetting yourself because you were anxious. It was just. At the time I didn't. Right. Okay. So at the time I thought it was very like, it was just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize that I was feeling anxiety in any way, shape or form, but then um, they did kind of all of these medical tests and there was just nothing that was coming back. And eventually I think they proposed the idea to my mom that it was kind of something mentally happening. Yeah. And I had hypnotherapy on the NHS um, that same year. And again, I don't remember that at all, but what I do know, weirdly, only because my mom's told me, is that they tied a balloon string to my wrist and I had to lift my arm up and down with a balloon on it. <laughs> no idea why. <laughs> um, but um, apparently um, I only then had maybe like one or two accidents after that and it completely, completely stopped. Right. Um, and what, so that was like the hypnotherapy. Yeah. So that was my first experience of anything where it was like something is triggering it and it's potentially mental and I think as I've got older I've kind of thought actually maybe it was my not like I've got a real phobia that's been long-standing which I didn't really put together until I was a lot older of like not being able to get out of a like space like if I feel trapped and I think in a classroom I felt like I was trapped in the room and I wasn't able to so I think it all kind of was connected but 
then it kind of didn't anything until I was like 14, 15 and then panic attacks started. And then from that point onwards, I would say it's been very conscious anxiety manifesting in so many different ways. Um, And annoyingly, each time I feel like I work through a phobia that I have, it leaves like remnants. It leaves like little bits behind. Like um, I for example, had a fear of choking when I was 17 and I ended up um, developing quite a severe eating disorder because of it, because I couldn't eat. Right, okay, yeah. Um, It's like, it's it's got its repercussions. Each phobia has got like, like a layer to it kind of thing because of what it- It absolutely has. And I still now have a fear of choking. I don't, I don't in the same respect by any means. It never stops me eating, but- if I if I even slightly feel like I'm about to choke on something, it's it's actually quite humorous. My flight response is so literal. I literally go to get up. <laughs> like my my whole body wants to run away. Um, but it like leaves these little things. So I end up with these like low-level anxieties that are just there that are all like parts of my life that yeah. are quite extreme. Um, but I think the biggest one for me has definitely been agoraphobia and um just feeling trapped and it eventually did leave me housebound uh while I was at university um, when, so when was that what year was that uh, that would have been 2015-ish um so so from from the age of seven right so you st- it kind mm-hmm. of all started popping up you've kind of realized now that it's obviously linked to probably mm-hmm. the fear of being trapped Mm-hmm. from from that age was you aware of all these phobias popping up or was it not till did you say 14 when you was sort of like started panicking the panic attack when I was 14 I, I, I was definitely aware that it was something about being trapped because it was it's, it doesn't have to be literal being trapped it can be like um it's socially unacceptable to leave as well it can be yeah. like trapped in yeah, that yeah, sense yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I find weddings hard for example because you can't just like get up and walk out right. funerals like anything where it's just like a bit awkward to like get up leave. and leave yeah it, it's the same kind of feeling um and so I noticed it because I was finding it really hard to sit in assembly at school um and things like that for the same reasons exams I found really hard um and even just the classroom, to be honest, because again, you're just not allowed to get up and walk out, are you? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I started struggling with it a lot more then. Um, and then it got really bad as I got a bit older on transport, where you would literally, are, like, if you think about it, if you're on a train, you literally cannot get off a train. Yeah. Um, and it started getting a lot worse then. And then um, it just kept getting, I started like looking for, but yeah reasons that I could be trapped Mm. and it got so extreme that year when when I became completely housebound it got so extreme that I literally couldn't like um I couldn't use a cash machine because if my card was in the machine I couldn't leave yeah I couldn't I couldn't go in shops because I was scared the automatic doors were gonna like I still don't know what happens in that situation (laughs) did um (laughs) so when covid hit Mm. Was, it, was it was it at its peak then because we couldn't leave we couldn't we were like the, the the people who didn't suffer with anxiety felt trapped so was did that heighten that fear that then um it didn't I was worried when it first started looking at all the other countries going like police outside right, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that really scared me I was like if we get to that point I don't quite know how I'm gonna cope um it also scared me 
on a, on a on the other other side of things of being told to stay inside when yeah. I know myself now and I know that if I stay inside for too long I ain't leaving the house ever again so it's it's not healthy for me to stay inside and yeah. so I had to kind of make like my own decisions and like calls in terms of like how often I actually am going to stay inside and how much mm. I'm going to slightly break the rule out and about on my own yeah because like the long-term repercussion is so severe um it definitely went I, I was I would say I was mainly better then other than transport it kind of it started with transport and then it got loads worse and then it kind of ended back at transport which right. is still kind of honest. um it is in a lot of ways still um it definitely got worse during yeah. covid but I did then manage to rein it back not long afterwards it's mental in it like because when you think about it, you by that point, you felt better and you was able to kind of say to yourself, right, I'm going to do this in order to to help myself throughout this period of time. But a lot of people, like, I know, like, you see the headlines, like, oh, this many people committed suicide, this many people, what or whatever it is about mental health, like, through COVID. But when you hear it from what you've experienced, even not throughout COVID, like, how how much people would have been struggling through covid mm. who can't who have phobias like this who suffer from anxiety who couldn't leave the house and didn't have that head on them to be like i'm gonna break the rules a little bit here for myself see it's weird because i almost had to whilst i think some people had to try and prevent themselves from being or try, they wanted to try and prevent themselves from feeling anxious mm. i almost was trying to prevent myself from feeling too comfortable right because i realized that it was it was making my anxiety worse if I followed the rules <laughs> because I would have because I would have actually quite enjoyed being at home yeah and then right and yeah, yeah do you see what I mean so I had yeah. to almost um I had to and at this point I was teacher training at the time and all of my training shut down so I I didn't have anywhere to be at all yeah and it yeah it was very much like I need to make sure I don't come out of this not leaving the house again as well like it was yeah yeah. so what other phobias have popped up there so you've got the like the fear of being trapped yeah so the fear of being trapped and choking I would say are definitely the two that are the worst um even now like it it stops me from taking tablets for example so at the moment while I'm taking pregnancy vitamins I have to take liquid which is the most rancid thing (laughs) done in your life especially when you feel sick um so it, it does that does still affect me, but nowhere near to the same level. It never stops me from eating. Um, what else do I have? I think they're to be honest, they're kind of like the main ones. But I mean, that's good though because I bet there was a time in the past where you could reel off quite a few. But now yeah, it's like. But then I think I also used to think of them all as very separate things, whereas now I can kind of link it all together. And right. I'm like, that's just yeah. the fear of being trapped. Whereas actually it's like, I have a fear of trains. I have a fear of planes. I have a fear of cars. I have a fear of yeah. cash machines. And how's that going? Because last time we spoke as well, you had like, like let's say, I don't know if it's an actual list or a list in your head, but of these things that you've ticked off and now it's you, you were saying that it was only the big things like planes and stuff. Have you been on a train yet? No. So... No. I no, but what's really interesting so obviously I in so 
first of all, first trimester of being pregnant was quite anxious anyway for me mm. because of losses I've had. So I was like trying to just stay as even as possible anyway when I found out I was pregnant. How and did then... you manage that? Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, because I know for everyone who is listening, by the way, Lauren has suffered. Is it is it just the one miscarriage or a few? Two. Two. So Two, yeah. and obviously with what you feel, what you go through mentally, that must have been challenging. So how did you, how did you manage to keep that level? like that level kind of head it was really hard I am very fortunate my first I'm fortunate in the sense that my first miscarriage was so bad that it meant that I got more care so my like in a backwards way but my Mm. first miscarriage had a lot of health repercussions for me so I was like I had to be monitored for a year and nearly had to have chemo and so many different things so my um I was very fortunate that I got to have an NHS ultrasound at six weeks so mm. that first of all it, that ultrasound for so this pregnancy you mean it's yeah it's, right any pregnancy going forward now right, so okay. that one so that ultrasound eliminated what had gone wrong before so that was quite nice because it meant yeah. that I was only two and a half weeks before that happened um which by the way feels like a very long time when, it, when you're in it but it's it is only two and a half weeks um and then each ultrasound that I've had, I've and I've had four now, which most people have only had one at my point, so I'm doing <laughs> quite well. Um, I've I felt a little bit better each time, but I have just kind of allowed myself a little bit to feel it. I've okay, also found, I've also kind of tried to regain some sort of control where I can. Okay. Um, for example, I i've had a real hard time believing that this one's going to be okay and i really wanted to believe it so i started doing some um affirmations every day with the baby like every single night before i went to bed for about six weeks i said um you are loved you are safe you're at home and i believe in you and i said it every single night before i went to bed and it was it was just like this thing where it was like right this is something i can do yeah but may make an impact and it may not and it it was nice to kind of like have those do you think things. a part of you didn't want to allow yourself and this still might be the case now, I don't know like subconsciously or consciously didn't want to allow yourself to get excited or kind of be happy just in case something happened absolutely I mean I've never had a I've never had a pregnancy that's resulted in a baby so I think I yeah. In fact, this is the first pregnancy where I've even seen a baby on an ultrasound screen. Right. So okay. I, it, it's been very, um, yeah, very much like that. The whole It's very hard every- not to place meaning on that. If it's, if it's happened like every time, and I know obviously two times, it's like, it's easy for the human mind to go, well, when I get pregnant, this happens and like place meaning on something. Do you know what I mean? A thousand percent. So you've kind of had to work against that pattern that the brain that your mind already knows when it comes to pregnancy absolutely and what's been really hard to navigate as well as I'm with a different partner now yeah so he has had to navigate this situation and he's great and it's been like me and mum have commented on a few times actually she's been like he's so good because he just allows you to talk about and it's a a weird thing because it's like a a chart like an experience with an ex and whatever that's regularly getting brought up at the moment because it's it's relevant to the the way I'm feeling and the anxiety that I'm feeling and everything. But obviously he's going into this and 
as everybody does when somebody gets pregnant they just expect everything to be okay mm. and he's in and this, it's like, different really... for a man anyway as well <laughs> and he's in this like awkward situation where he wants to be excited but also he can't get too excited because I won't allow him to get too excited because then that makes my anxiety even worse because it's a lot of pressure. But then also if he's not excited, I'm like, why aren't you excited? <laughs> and it's like, and he's also having to hear these like horror stories of what can go wrong. Yeah. And each time we go for an ultrasound, like they talk through everything that can go wrong. And I have all of these extra things. And when I go to the hospital, Courtney, I'm not even, I'm not even joking you. They all know who I am at the hospital. Like <laughs> I don't have to spell my last name because they're like, oh yeah, no, we know you. And in the six week one they asked me when I had my first pregnancy and I told them and the nurse was like oh my god I didn't realize it'd been that long and I'm like why do you know me (laughs) um so he's had to like navigate all of this as well so it's been like a really yeah it's just been a lot and a lot of different emotions and I think even now I do believe it's happening now I do good I was gonna say and how are you feeling about it now I do, but I would say I'm still, my brain hasn't connected yet that it's quite real. So like I can see a video of the baby moving around and I think I'm in a weird place as well because I don't feel sick anymore and I also can't feel the baby moving yet. I just don't feel pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) I have a little bit of a bump, but other than that, there's no real anything. Mm. And so when I see the baby like moving around on an ultrasound, she's really like, at our 12 week scan she was being a right pain in the ass she was doing headstands and they couldn't get the measurements and she <laughs> move. Um, and um my brain hasn't connected that that's inside me yeah 100% but I think that's a a safety like mechanism because the first time I was pregnant before I kind of realized the extent of which things could go wrong I I was only pregnant for seven weeks with that pregnancy. So I've had 10 weeks longer with this one. And yeah, I definitely believed it more with that one. Yeah. Okay. Get yeah. And in yeah. terms of like your anxiety as a whole through everything that you've been through with it, what would you say the biggest thing is that you've learned? I don't know, really. I think, um, what have I learned? about yourself about anxiety or whatever I don't know I think it um I think I know that I can do it if I have to do it whatever it is that's been really eye-opening to me in terms of I can always get through situations if I actually have to get through a situation like if I don't have a choice um and actually what's really interesting is I've been put I've been, I've not been doing much like general anxiety stuff because I've not want I've not been able to take my medication for a start that I usually yeah. take in situations but also I don't want to like put my body stress. through stress so yeah, I'm not yeah, doing yeah. things but I went to a wedding in August on the August bank holiday and um it was a journey that I normally wouldn't do so we took a very long route there and I felt like even then I would normally feel some anxiety and I didn't feel anything. So I literally was like on the way home, it was literally, I thought about it the night before and I thought I'm not going to say anything. And then the next morning I said to Jamie, I was like, let's just go back the normal way. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm absolutely fine. And we did it. I didn't feel a smidge of anxiety. Do you think that's I, because maybe cause you've got other things to think about because of the baby and stuff or. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's partly me being like, I can't put the baby through it so I need to be level and therefore I'm having to like just 
be okay yeah. or like i'm like is the baby brave <laughs> maybe oh my god i love that am i feeding off the i mean i'm kind of hoping that's not the answer because then what the fuck happens when she comes out <laughs> she can still she can still give give you a brave even when she maybe but yeah it's like maybe she's got her dad's energy and he's not really he's so laid back he's not scared of anything and i'm just like i don't know (laughs) what it is but um but yeah so in some ways my anxiety's got better and then in other ways it's got it's it's i don't know i don't know what i've learned i don't know if i know anything (laughs) you do you 100 do and the thing is like i think it's shown how strong you actually are because like you've you've got this anxiety but you've still created a business a successful business Mm. like this is the thing that I wanted to get out and why I wanted to share this story because you can because a lot of people as well in general they experience anxiety and you know but not not on the same level as you in terms of people just experience like general anxiety right and but they let it stop them from or they they think that it's a barrier of stopping them from doing what they want to do. And, you know, when I asked you about what you wanted to talk about today, like you were so passionate in your answer. You used like you said, living a life of happiness and screw everything else that is a top priority. Fuck everything else. Like that's very, very passionate. And I think a lot of people allow not just anxiety, but a lot of things to get in the way of that. So they don't prioritize that. Do you think, so there's one thing, first of all, by the way, that you've learned from it, that you, you're you fucking strong as fuck because you've, you've not let it stop you from, you've not let it stop you from having a baby. You've not let it stop you from growing a business. You, like, you, you're living your life now still, do you know what I mean? And what, why do you think so many women, not just anxiety, but just other things in general, allow things to get in the way of putting themselves as a priority and their happiness? I think it's not feeling like there's necessarily another option. Like I, I know I'm kind of an extreme example in that it's kind of before I can really remember. So it's, it's, Mm. it's been like my whole existence, but it's for me, especially it was like, I can't see for a long time. It was like, I can't see another way of being. And so I just kind of have to make the best of how it is now rather than doing anything else about it. But what I've managed to do now, and I'm not 100% sure how I've managed it, so I can't I can't <laughs> give that, but like, I, I have managed to make... I, I, I really wanted to create something where I felt happy because for like a good 15 years, felt so unhappy, like generally day to day with anxiety yeah. a little bit depression as well just just unhappy unhappy with the fact that that's how my life is going to be forever and what I've managed to do instead of being like I can't create a business because my anxiety is too bad it's almost been like I've managed to kind of separate it and think right "Right, I have these phobias that I can work on in the background but my my business is an opportunity for me to not be an anxious person my business is an opportunity for me to be the slightly like more daring adrenaline junkie that I cannot relate to on a normal day. Like I don't, I don't do anything that increases my adrenaline because the one thing, like I spend my life trying to be as stable as fucking possible. Mm. So I don't, I don't do 
rides i don't do horror movies i don't do anything that like can increase or de- like, i'm just like just stay fucking yeah. lovely um but my business i would say i'm i've kind of used that as my roller coaster like as my chance to be a little bit daring and a little bit brave and i enjoy it um so it's do you kind still of like believe a- do you still believe that you're an anxious person or do you believe that you still are is it that you experience anxiety and you're, I know obviously you experience anxiety more than the average person, but do you see that it as something that you're able to move through and overcome? Or do you still think that that's like your way of being and who you are? I think on a day-to-day basis, I would not say I'm an anxious person. Okay. I think I'm very fortunate at this point in my life, generally, unless there's other external things going on, where my phobias now are so specific that I can go through 90% of my life and not feel them, especially if I, I know it's not the best thing to do, but if I avoid certain situations, I don't yeah. feel anxious. It's not like it just randomly crops up anymore. Um, but do I, I don't know if I've ever hundred percent truly believed that it can be like completely different and completely not there. Do you I think, think that, like do you think that that belief is what's making it difficult to overcome the phobias? Mm, probably, yeah. Mm. I'm 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 scared of the feeling of being anxious. And people ask me actually, they ask me like I've I've been asked a number of times, like, how do you deal with it? Because you can do so much more than you used to do. So you can clearly deal with panic attacks better than you could used to be able to deal with yeah. all of this. I'm like, I actually can't. <laughs> if I if I like on a on a real note, if I have a panic attack, I react exactly the same now as I did when I was scared of everything. My phobias have just lessened what I'm scared of, but my yeah. actual ability to cope when they happen is pretty fucking shocking. Um, I'm still just as scared of it, and I think that's why I don't push them um, as much as I probably should. And I'm I'm kind of my own worst fear when it comes to that, like worst problem when it comes to that, when it comes to like the very specific phobias because I'll do things like when I went to Spain at the start of the year Mm. I drove all around on all these different roads that I wouldn't ordinarily do and then I came back and I didn't do it again for like six months right and then obviously in August I did this wedding and I came back and I felt fine I haven't been on a main road since then Mm. and I I don't push myself on a day-to-day basis and I think that's where there's a there's a fine line between not traumatizing yourself but also not pushing yourself at all yeah I I very often get that balance um right in my day-to-day life if I'm honest do you think that it's something that especially now with obviously being pregnant that it's something that you want to and will work towards or do you think that it's gonna still be a bit of time I would like to do a little bit more now um because I was able to cope with it while I've been pregnant and I know I can um there are also a few phobia situations that may occur during birth. Um, for example, I have a real trouble with lifts. Right. Um, oh, do you mean like when you get already... taken up to the... Yeah, so there's... So the hospital that's the closest to me, the birthing suites are floor four and five, which obviously if I'm in labour, I might not be able to walk up the stairs. And the <laughs> yeah. theatre is, <laughs> is on floor eight. So there's... Um, 
particular like there's a number of different situations there I am actually in conversations at the moment with the midwife to be transferred to a different hospital because because of that reason uh, or yeah there's a lot of um her recommendation not mine I kind of just came right. to the conclusion I would have to do it but the um there's a lot of research to suggest that your chances of postnatal mental health issues are so much heightened if you have mental health problems sure. generally right um, okay. so the least traumatizing my labor can be both the actual physical labor but also my experience of the hospital and everything yeah it but... apparently diminishes my chances of okay depression yeah. etc so i think she's just as keen as possible to have as much of a chill situation yeah. and the other hospital that's about half an hour away we believe we're still looking into it but we believe it's all ground floor including the theater right so that's where that conversation is happening but obviously we don't know that that's going to happen so I need to be able to like navigate a few situations um but in terms of like bigger things I probably won't look at it until afterwards I just don't yeah want her yeah. inside me when and I'm doing fair. it that is so fair like you don't want to be putting you because this this is this process is literally about number one getting used to that feeling of anxiety do you know what I mean and being okay with it because you mm-hmm. like uh, it's one of the things like I always say to clients you're never gonna fully get rid of the feeling of anxiety I don't think it's the anxiety that's the issue I think it's your fear of the anxiety and what, what that's creating and if like you say it is not because your body is so used to being like shot up into fight or flight if you're putting yourself in situations like that while you're pregnant then I think the safest thing is to do is to wait, isn't it? Yeah, I want to. I want to do the bits that I have to do. And actually, if I do, if I do um, get transferred to this other hospital, it would be easier in the sense that during the birth, I know everything would be less anxious. But it does require a main road for me to get to it, mm. whereas it doesn't for the local one. So there's there's like different things. But you're fine on the you fine on the road the other day. So yeah, but use that as evidence. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I'm doing, so it's something that I need to be doing, like yeah. a little bit more regularly, and it's something that I'm conscious to want to do more regularly. Okay. But it's it's just at least that's there though, because like with the lift and with the train and with the thing, you're like, no, that can wait. But with the road, you're like, no, I like, I feel like I want to do this more regularly. Why yeah, don't like set a, a thing so like every week you do it twice a week and let that be a thing, yeah. or even once a week. Do you know, it's so funny because I've, and I would love to, and I, I should, absolutely. <laughs> I, I set these things and I just don't fucking do it. Yeah. And, and it's so, it's, it's almost harder in a lot of ways because I don't have anywhere to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just having to go out and make a pretend journey, if that makes sense. That it's or like, what if you make the journey a nice one, like go to your favorite, I don't fucking know favorite yeah. well it's hard because it's even as a passenger so first of all right. I have to be able to do it as a passenger and that requires other people being around and yeah. it just it it makes it hard um driving it wise I haven't done it I have done it since hang on when will it be I did do it for a little while after I got really bad it must have maybe like 2017 was probably the last time I drove um mm-hmm. 
on a main road so it's like a it's a lot of years um mm. and even the even the passenger side of it hasn't been much better since then like most of the time it's been medicated yeah um, I would say it's only been maybe two or three times that it hasn't been in that amount of time but it is just yeah I don't know it is it is something that I want to prioritize more and yeah you've got this I know you'll do it the the baby is giving you brave right now hon <laughs> yeah I don't know what that is (laughs) (laughs) so why oh go on no go on I was gonna say I just don't know if it's the baby or if it's me being like protective probably both probably both I mean also don't even get too hung up on what it is just like embrace the fact that you're feeling like that and Mm. do do you know what I mean while you're feeling like that do more of it because then when you come Mm. out of it you might you will feel more comfortable just with it obviously with the driving thing don't go getting on a plane and shit bit too far yeah just don't go crazy (laughs) yeah yeah so in terms of you know that that the way that you explain the topic that you want to talk talk about it kind of reminded me of my like grab life by the tits kind of thing being Mm. unapologetically you grab life by the tits like that's my little thing would you say that that's so important to you because you spent so many years kind of inside because you said you mentioned as well, like that's your passion because you feel like that's what you're made to do to help other people do because for so long you didn't. When you say mm. that, do you mean because you spent so much time inside and afraid to go out and stuff? Not even necessarily inside because I think if what you want to do is sit at home all day, then I think that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I like, I'm quite happy if your goal is to have enough time to be able to spend time by yourself and watch Netflix I'm like that's Mm. cool like if that's what you enjoy doing I think it's more just doing whatever it is that you want to do and I think my and even like years before that it was there was just so many things I didn't do because I didn't either feel capable or I didn't I don't know I just was doing what I was supposed to do or there were so many different things that added up to it but I do think that my anxiety and depression has been probably a driving force in me recognizing how important that is Mm. and how like it's just I just it frustrates me and we all do it and I've done it (laughs) you get sucked into work and doing things in a certain way but it frustrates me watching business owners obviously who I spend my like majority of my time with yeah and watching them be overworked stressed like not feeling good enough and all of this stuff and I'm just like that is literally the opposite is like that's the opposite reason why you did this like yeah I get that it's not always that easy and this it's 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 difficult but we kind of lose sight of the the reason sometimes. And I think ultimately, whether it's wanting more money, whether it's wanting more time, whether it's wanting to be able to go on holiday more, whether it's wanting to be spending more time with our family, whatever it is, whatever reason we ultimately start a business, it's because we think whatever that thing is, is going to make us more happy. Yeah. And I think it, it like it's okay, whatever your reason is, but just I just want everybody to not lose sight of that, I guess, because I think we all lose sight of it. I, I definitely even the past did. over the past month last last it like during August I definitely did like I did felt you? yeah I just did not feel good at all I'm still like coming out of it but I'm slowly like that's why I've decided to kind of 
disconnect on Mondays, like no social media, spend the day literally just like, I must ask myself about between 50 and 100 times, like, what do I feel like doing? Even the smallest thing, like, when I'm like, oh, what should I have for breakfast? Like I pause and I'm like, okay, what do I feel like eating? Because I got caught into this thing of, and I think it's because, so weird, I think it's because I started managing the bar and I had every single day free to concentrate Mm -hmm. on the business. So then that was like, I need to be doing something every single second of every single day in order to feel like I'm making the most out of this new time that I've got for the business. And then I got like caught up on like, well, if I've got all this time on my business, then surely it should have propelled this far by now because I've got all this new time. And then it was like, oh, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. And it was the first time last month that I have truly experienced those kind of thoughts on that level in a long, long time. And I was, I would 100% on the verge of burnout. Like I'm still like coming out of it a little bit. So I'm still a bit tired all of the time. But it got to a point in August where I was just like feeling poorly. And I was just like, right, why did I start this? Like, and I thought back to the moment where, where I started the business. And don't get me wrong, my initial reason for starting wasn't like anything to I want even maybe I was thinking about me in some sense but it was more I've been through this and come out the other side I need to share that with other women and then when I started the business I was like oh my god like this can actually be something amazing I can create something for myself now mm-hmm. I'd say it's like 50 50 in terms of and I, I don't I have no shame in saying this 50 50 in terms of like helping women see themselves for who they are but the other 50% is I want a fucking I want to be able to travel I want money I want to be successful right but I think in August I was putting so much weight on having all of those things for myself right now and because I don't have them yet I was like getting in my own head about it and just feeling like I had to do more to get that and I think it's just about when you start to feel like that in anything, even if it's like, I don't, even if it's not that you own your own business, but it's that, you know, you're striving for something, whatever it might be, right? I think we get so caught up on that end thing. We realize that we can't, we've kind of like fell in love with the process a little bit and then we're just Mm. miserable. So then when we get the thing anyway, we're not going to be happy anyway because we've spent all this time struggling and feeling shit and to be fair that's probably like making that end goal further away anyway because you're not in the right space to create it right but I think yeah I just got to this point where I was like oh my god and I actually started to resent it a little bit Mm -hmm. like just the whole thing like like certain things were triggering me with certain coaches that didn't before like talking about money was like in terms of coaching not triggering me but was just irritating me and then I'm like kind of finding that level ground now where it's like no I do get to be excited about that I do get to want and desire these things however I need to come back home to myself and remember why I started and the fact that I can enjoy the process as well 
but that's I think why it's so important to go back to what it is because it's so different for everybody like I'm not mm. I'll, I'll fully admit I would say I'm 50 50 as well but I started the other end did you fully for me yeah fully how do I get myself out of a situation that I do not currently like how do I build something this is not this yeah and it's I had a bit of a moment and I think it was partly first trimester because I felt ill and I couldn't mm. imagine my life not feeling it you know when you feel ill and you just can't not feel ill and it had <laughs> been about eight weeks at this point so I was like on the brink of death and um I, I think it was um Sally my friend Sally who asked me like why did you become a coach and I I said to her I said because I didn't want to become I didn't want to be a teacher that was why I became a coach I don't yeah. have a I don't have this like magical story as to yeah. why I became a coach and so I would say now it's more 50 50 but actually the reason I did it was because I wanted more time mm. I just had my first miscarriage and I wanted to know that when I did eventually become a mum I would have a happier life yeah but it wasn't actually about it wasn't about the thing at the very beginning it was it was taking things that I enjoyed like I loved social media I actually started as a social kind of started as a social media coach and um I loved social media I loved creating content I had a YouTube channel when I was at university and I've always just enjoyed documenting and I realized when I was having this bit of a crisis in like uh July August that a, I wasn't having time for myself anymore, which was the reason I started. Mm. I was working too much. And B, I really enjoyed creating like content, which is why I did it. And all my content has got so fucking boring and about. Yeah, business. I feel like that. Like I'm, I'm a bit like I love creating, and it was literally after I come out my little thing in August. It's like when you're ill and when you're going through like that it's like you've got a little cloud and you can't really see but you want to see yeah you want to see and like I think the difference for me in August was in the past I've got really like irritated at the fact that I can't see yet (laughs) but in August it was like you're gonna see soon just like have a breather not straight away but when I realized what was going on I was like right let's just take a step back you'll see the kind of the lesson you'll see what needs to be done soon and you'll gain a bit of clarity and I realized that I just didn't feel inspired. I didn't feel creative. And I was like, I just felt like I was doing content for the sake of it. I wasn't like mm. being my, like getting enjoyment out of it or like bringing my personality into it. I was just like, right, what needs to be said? Let's say it. You know? Absolutely. Completely the same. And I, it's funny because just before we were doing this, like came on here, I was sending, um, Jess I don't know if you know Jess um it's Jessica Digital she's a brand designer I was we were sending each other um my old reels <laughs> just going through from like 2021 and I was like look how fun I used to be yeah that's exactly it. oh my god I used please. to do like I used to do like nice because I, I used to love social media I used to do well I still do but I used to do all these transitions and stuff and I've just got like really fucking boring and lazy with it and I used to I used to enjoy doing it yeah and I'm like, why don't I do it anymore? And I think that's when I had that like little bit of a slump. And it, that's why it's important to check in and be like, why yeah. did I start this? Because for me, it was partly that, which is why, I don't know if you've seen, I started, I've started an Instagram account that's just like documenting my pregnancy and doing like crafty bits and stuff because I've always been quite artistic and doing things around the house, like getting ready and being slightly psychotic because I can now <laughs> celebrate the holidays in a different way. And... Um, <laughs> 
just being totally unhinged because it's been <laughs> tainted for the last couple of years. Um, so I kind of started a new Instagram account and I've been doing that and I've been like loving it because I've just yeah. been like documenting again, which is what I enjoy. And I realize that's not for everyone, but it's just kind of coming back to what I like doing. Yeah. And since I've done that, even though I would say my content on my business side is still a bit boring and I do want to work on that, I feel so much more excited about my business because yeah. I'm still I'm fulfilling that creative side of me yeah. in a different 100%. way and it's it's so funny because when like it's great that you recognized that when you were feeling it and you were like I will be able to see it soon mm. I really did not when I was in no. there to the point where I made very public statements about how my business was going to look over the next few months and I've had to backtrack massively because yeah. I yeah. basically made the decision that the mastermind that I'm currently doing now was going to be the last thing I do before I go on maternity leave. And now I'm in the middle of a huge mastermind launch. Um, <laughs> because I was like, actually, <laughs> I don't want to do it now. But I couldn't see the other side of it when I was yeah. in it. And I've had to now, I've had to now like be like... Which is okay, yeah, though. Like, And I think people who know you and who follow you are going to love that. Because it's you being honest and being like, look, mm. right. And I think you just allowed to change your mind, like... I what did I I did it on something oh so I've got like a a new program coming out like a self-study program and I've had this idea in my head for years right and I mean years and I start it started off as just a workbook and then mid doing the workbook I was like no I want it to be like an online course right so I started doing the online course and I was just gonna like sell it as a like not it's not live I was just going to sell it as an online course. And then literally the other day, I was like, I really don't, I want to create something where things get released like monthly. Like mm -hmm. I'm, it's going to be a membership, right? But I also want to implement so like sober social meetups in it because I'm going traveling next year. So I'm going to do it like in different countries as well mm -hmm. here in Sydney and then I've just absolutely scrapped the launch of this this um, online program and the membership launch starts next week. Like I, no one knows about this yet, but I was just like, at first I was like, oh, can I even do that? Like, because obviously I'm, I'm going to have to speak. Well, I've already spoke to him, like clients who've already purchased the thing. I'm come to kind of an agreement with the membership, but I was like, I don't want to sell something that don't feel good. And I'm going to give myself permission to change my fucking mind. Like I'm allowed to change my mind. I think that's such a big thing that I've realized in business as well. You can rely on <laughs> Absolutely. I very recently done the same with um, a low ticket thing that's supposed to be in a couple of weeks. And I, I think I've mentioned it twice. And I'm like, I'm so fucking bored of this already. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to do it. And then, and then even like working out obstacles, because the reason I wasn't going to do this, because this mastermind is going to be like a rolling mastermind that goes on and on and on. Right. And the reason I wasn't going to do it was because I'm planning on having a couple of months off. But I was like, for fuck's sake I know so many fucking excellent businesswomen that I love and can rely on and so I've spent the last week organizing maternity cover when to be honest the people that are in my mastermind get a fucking bargain because I'm actually only planning on taking a couple of weeks out of Voxer because I actually quite need Voxer to keep me sane and I realize yeah. that from my mental health perspective so Voxer's being covered for two weeks two months of calls are being covered and so they're getting like all of these extra people. Yeah. 
And I'm like, like the two people that come in on Voxar is a mindset person and a passive income and Instagram person. And then my hot seat coaching is being done by a marketing person and a web and systems designer. And I'm like, that's all knowledge that I don't have. (laughs) Um, In fact, they're the people I go to when I like my Dubsado doesn't work. (laughs) I'm like, excuse me. Um, And so I'm like, there's no reason why I can't do it. I'm just being super transparent about it. The sales page says maternity cover will be taken during these times it will be covered by these people it may be extended done yeah that's so good because that again that brings it back to why you started this whole thing like that that kind of freedom do you know what I mean like maybe maybe it'll get extended maybe it won't I've got people there like that's freedom do you think that the reason why things have got less fun in business I don't mean less fun that that like content in terms of content (laughs) Is because as you go on in like your journey with coaching, you take it more seriously. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it's become this serious thing that you you want to achieve in that. Do you know what I mean? Because when I'm I'm just thinking when when I first started, it was a lot more carefree and and maybe that maybe that's a good realization. Maybe it needs to be more carefree right now. But while still caring because I don't know I just think that when I first started it was a lot more carefree and it was just like oh I'm doing this thing and now it's like okay serious business <laughs> do you know what I mean no I think it's a mixture I think partly I think Instagram in general has got a bit more boring yeah fair. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I see as much fun content on there anymore in general I think it's like how can you add value to everything but it's just like people mm. just chatting value all the time and nothing ever that's fun I think the other thing I probably feel which I don't think I've really considered before until but I just was thinking about as you were talking I think I get told more regularly now sounds like such a like blowing smoke up my ass thing to say I get told (laughs) more regularly now that I come across as an authority and then I feel a pressure I think to be that authority and not be beginner and not look like a beginner yeah I think yeah look that's it you don't want to rather than carefree I think that's the word I was looking for like you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing and you just throw in fun content because you yeah I think other people take me more seriously Mm. because I've because I've built some type of reputation yeah people take me more seriously and therefore maybe I I take myself more seriously but not I can take myself seriously and still be silly but yeah. I, I don't know if I've got that balance it's interesting see I think I'm going to come away from this conversation and do some fucking reels today oh, honestly like... I swear to god I'm fuming <laughs> if you could see my because oh, I want to and I can't I need to go to bed <laughs> if you look at my like I've literally been sending all my old reels to one of my old clients. Bless her, she's gonna wake up in the morning and be like, "Thank you." Um, but I'm like, I used to just have so much fun, and I didn't even used to find it hard work because I just enjoyed yeah, it. And actually, of those, about ten of those. I mean, like for part of it, I'm in the same outfit because I used to film half a transition on one day, and then used to go back and film the other half another day. So it wasn't like I was sitting there and getting changed every five seconds and doing. I was. I did. See, like, I didn't. I used to literally cl- mount in a clothes, and I used to just be like, "See, I used to just literally. I was lazy even then doing it. I used to just do the half, kind of go like this, and then go about my day. And then the next time, I would do the other bit. Um, 
So it's not like I found it even hard and I enjoyed it. And it's like, like we need a bit of fun. I think we've kind of gone down a bit of a, a serious yeah. time. And I think it is. And actually, when I talk to clients or even people that have like, are just in my space in general, like friends or people that have even considered working with me, usually the reasons that they say, more so than my skills, <laughs> to be honest, are like, it like it feels like a fun thing to be a part of and it yeah. feels like and all of these all of these like adjectives are fun and like friendly and we can tell that you're just like a nice person and all of this and I'm like then why am I being so fucking serious because that's, that's actually I mean. not the stuff that sells people yeah people want to work with you people are attracted to you because of who you are not the yeah. information obviously they want they want to know that you have got the goods and that you've got the skill to, to help but so many people have got that skill you know well, and it's People choose to work with you. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, my freaking launch I did a year ago that was my Mean Girls launch was is the thing that people still talk about and it had fuck all to do with business. <laughs> it was just me lip syncing to Mean Girls quotes every day for two months. <laughs> <laughs> I can recite that entire freaking movie. <laughs> and it's just... Like that's all it was. And I just made it about business because it was fun. And it was like the generation of everybody that I was working with and yeah. everybody got it. And it was like nostalgic and whatever, but it actually wasn't about business at all. Whereas now I kind of make things about business and I kind of maybe shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But again, it's like a learning thing. It's it's knowing what works for in terms of mm-hmm. like, attracting clients and creating clients but also like what makes it fun for you and that's not even just business that's like in anything that you do I think it's so important for the reason just to bring it back around to to full circle in order for you to put your happiness first and prioritizing that it's like how much fun can you have on a day-to-day basis what actually brings you joy and when you start something new notice how joyful it is at the beginning and I, it's, it is natural human behavior to kind of like want the next thing and to for things to get that little bit more serious and for the joy to kind of dwindle over something that you do over and over again. But that's why it's so important to be like, okay, let's pause. This is feeling a little bit funky. How can we bring more fun into it? Why did I start? I've loved this conversation. It's made me want to go and fucking just strip all my business apart and be like, right. No, yeah, you know, you just reminded me while you were talking as well. I remember saying to a past client of mine at the start of the year, we were talking, she was saying that she wasn't enjoying her business. And I asked her what, like, why she has her business. And for her, she was, she wanted to help people. Like it was her primary focus of, I really want to feel like I'm making a difference. Mm. So I was like, make a fucking difference every single day, go out and do something every day where you help one person, even if it's just in a DM, Mm. if it's a client call that you have, if it's you doing a question sticker on your stories like go and help somebody every single day because then every single day you're going to go to bed and you're going to feel good about yourself yeah and you're going to have met a goal every single day whereas if your goal is to leave your nine to five and you've not had your first paying client you're going to feel shit every single day Mm. for probably the next year (laughs) at least whereas by meeting your goal every day and for me it's having fun so every day it doesn't even have to be about business but every day I try and do something that I find fun and it's it's just about what matters to you and it doesn't matter how surface level or selfish that yeah. is because it's not about anyone else it's it's just finding what works for you and we're all we're all wanting to help other people in this space hopefully but we also all like should be looking after ourselves yeah. it's not a bad thing 100 percent. i think for a long time for me as well it was like oh 
especially before I started working with Jess, um, it was like, oh, well, I can't want, I had like a, a, a very strange relationship around money, like so proud mm. of myself how far I've come. And it was like, I couldn't w- allow myself to want it. It was like, no, the reason why I'm doing this is to help people. It's not for that. And sorry, Huns, but it is half. I think, <laughs> I think it's really hard though, when you work in a space like you do, when it's about kind of mindset and people have like yeah. anxieties and things like that, because I think there is that, there is that like thing of, well, if you really cared, you'd just do it for free. Mm, yeah. Just help them for free. But actually, not being funny, therapists get paid, doctors get paid. Exactly. Pretty much anybody that helps people gets paid. <laughs> like you're also allowed to, you're allowed to like have that dual thing. Whereas for me, I think it's always been a little bit more clear cut of I'm helping you make more money, therefore you can pay me to be a, like it's it, yeah. it makes it's a little more transition like transactional. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think in terms of mindset as well, like there's a lot of people who do have that that funny relationship with money. So if it's like, it's like, I there's count, been countless times, like not so much anymore, but that's definitely at the start for me where I felt awkward discussing money with people and people also felt, you can tell that they feel awkward discussing it with me. And it's it's that, but I don't think there's no awkwardness in terms of business. Well, there mm. might be sometimes, but like with business coaching, it's like, like you say, I'm helping you create more money. Therefore, I can charge you X, Y, Z, you know? A lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. But... I think the only I think the only time that money awkwardness comes in is personal life because people just don't get it. Yeah. But in terms of like talking to other business owners, I think it is so much easier. Mm. Um, it's funny. I used to feel really nervous talking about it to people about money and whatever felt a need to prove myself as well that I was making money because otherwise I shouldn't have left my job and all of these separate mm. stuff and it's funny because when I started making money I went completely the other way and just wouldn't shut up about it because <laughs> I just oh, felt wow, like <laughs> I remember it was Christmas and my uh, mother-in-law at the time my ex's mum made a comment because I had three Christmas trees and she was like you can't afford to light all those Christmas trees and I was like excuse me I made eight grand last week I think I'll be okay <laughs> And I just found myself just like flexing every five seconds because I for the first time felt like I could yeah so there's like but then I think with that and then with like what you enjoy and every single part of business or whatever you do in your life sometimes you go like it's like a constant balancing act yeah sometimes you go too far the other way just, yeah well it is even like like I said like doing too much and listening to what I need in the moment it's so easy to go fuck I've been doing too much I'm just gonna lie and do fuck all all day like it's finding that balance as well which I this not, month but also not being hard on yourself when you do like sometimes you have yeah. to like I've had a really um you're you're my first call of today and we started at half nine yeah. <laughs> in the evening for anyone listening um so I don't I, I I've had like a really easy day today and I made the decision when I got up today that I actually wasn't going to do I did go live today but other than that I was I'm actually not going to do anything today because yeah. I'd I'm in this weird thing at the moment. I was in first trimester. I was having a nap every day at lunchtime. Love and that. now I'm I like a toddler that. that's just stopped their naps. So now oh. I'm like exhausted every single evening. <laughs> so I'm like struggling. And yesterday by about four o'clock, I was really struggling. Like I was really tired. And I knew that today this was the only thing in my diary. So I made a decision before I even got up today. Not going to set an alarm. Not going to like overly be in Voxer I will be in Voxer but I'm not going to be in there all day I'm not going to create other things and do other things 
I've had a pretty chill. I've tidied up a bit. I made some food. I watched Netflix. And I went Good on you. That's pretty much what I've done. Good on you. Like, yeah, 100%. I think... Because again, it's like if you force past that 24-7 and you're like, no, I need to get up, I need to do this. You're just not going to be in a space to create and have fun because you're just going to be tired as fuck. Especially when you're mm-hmm. pregnant. <laughs> you just can't do it if you're tired. Like it just doesn't, it, your brain doesn't Yeah, <laughs> same, same. Well, honestly, mm-hmm. I have loved every second of that. It's so, so good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for coming right. on, honestly. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. No worries. And good luck with everything and congrats. And oh my God, I cannot wait to see her. And I'll go and look at that video in a minute as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'll send you I'll send you a link because it's on my other Instagram, but it's um it's wild. <laughs> oh my god. Can't wait. Um thanks for listening, guys. <clears throat> I oh god. I will catch you <laughs> next next time. Oh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you've got on. Um, mainly on Instagram. Um, laurenaprilco is the business Instagram. Um, and yeah, that's about it really. Everything's going on there. I've got a new. Uh, when's this going out? About three weeks. Cool, I can say it. Um, I've got a new offer coming. Um, where it's like a rolling mastermind that kind of acts like a membership but it's gonna be super fun and I've got some amazing people lined up at the moment it's only in my close friends but it will be it will be public yeah um <laughs> so it will be live after that but yeah just everything's on Instagram so just go over there amazing thanks for listening guys catch you later